Well, hello there. What's a smark, you ask? Well, we're a special type of fan who understands and appreciates the product on a more in-depth level than you. Or so we like to think. And now, the world's foremost authority. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. It's too late yeah. for me. I'm like Gollum and the Ring Man. I'll jump in the fucking lava. It's, I don't want to, but it's gonna happen. The New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Hug Life, man. Hug Life, man, not Thug Life. What is this? Why is Bailey Thug Life now instead of Hug Life? You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's right. It's the New Jersey Kids starting it off. Joshi in. Uh, we're trying to just shake it up a bit, you know, keep everyone entertained. And, I'm, of course, I'm being joined by my good friend, the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. How you doing, Newman? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I know it's definitely a switch up from the norm, but I feel like on some level, I may be totally wrong, because I'm wrong about a lot of shit. You know this, right? <laughs> nope. I've, I've always, only, always known you to be right about everything. <laughs> only when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. Um, but we may be settling into our real destined roles, I feel like, in a way. Yeah. Well, I feel like we, you've always been always kind of the this. play-by-play and the host, and I've always been like oh, the color uh, and yeah. the commentary guy. If you and I were on a commentary team, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I would be the play-by-play because I'm very analytical and, like, details, like that kind of stuff. Whereas you're much more the big-picture guy, I would say. Right, and then I can just like rant you... about stupid shit so that you can collect your thoughts enough so that yeah. you can make, like, a really poignant point. <laughs> yes. We, we'd be like JR and Jerry Lawler. Oh, I don't really like Lawler that much, but that's okay. Okay, what, what but color I, I, I admire his ability to come up with random shit. Like he is very good at just being a random shit generator. Yeah, I you know what? I actually can't wait until someday when Enzo is the color commentary guy. <laughs> I think he's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, Either that or like Xavier Woods, I think would flourish in that. Woods would be <clears> phenomenal. Woods would be amazing because he has the history. Like you, you hear him pull off just like the most random of. Uh, bits of like wrestling history. Definitely, references. That's the word I was looking for. Well, and that he's also so you know just well read and intelligent enough that he can relate it to out- stuff outside of wrestling too. So that he's able to appeal to even different aspects of the casual audience and like niche in- intellectual audiences or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and uh, he like what he he's either going for his PhD or has it yet. I'm not sure. So, yeah, obviously, super smart guy. I think at this point he has it. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I know he has... Oh, what was it? Oh, remember the uh, E60 piece they did? It was when Woods was still down in NXT. And... Uh, I think I did see this, yeah. Yeah, and so he had his Masters by that point, And mm-hmm. uh, he had the empty frame on his wall already for the PhD. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if if he doesn't have it yet, then eventually when he does, New Day's got to make a big thing out of it. They got to have oh. like a big party, a big celebration in the ring. Doctor Woods. Doctor, oh man, and then he's got to introduce himself as Doctor Woods. It's the doctor's in the house. <laughs> and you're like you're writing it already for him. I'm sure he's oh, yeah. probably already imagined this for years. It's like I'm gonna be Doctor Woods. <laughs> oh man, speaking so, of doctors, oh, 
I found out that my foot is broken to resolve a question from last week. Yeah, the cliffhanger from last week, whether we weren't sure whether your foot was broken. So yeah, I almost went a whole week without walking on a broken foot. <laughs> you crazy son of a bitch. Well, it's just like, I was sitting there like, I got hit with a softball in the foot from a throw. Like, granted, it's a very hard throw. And like, when it hit, I was like, gotta walk it off. And like, it, you know that throbbing pain where you kind of black out for a second? Like, like that's what happened. Yeah, but I was a few like, times, yeah. Yeah, but I was just like, there's no way I broke it. And so... I, I feel like time. if you get that all from your foot, then it probably means you fucking broke it, dude. <laughs> yeah, but you don't <laughs> want to believe that like a softball throw broke your foot, right? I guess. That's true. Because <laughs> like, I, w- I went into the Med Express and they were like, so what happened? And I was like, I was playing softball and a throw hit my foot. <laughs> and I... Uh, well, you know what? The was, well, like, was your foot fucked up at all beforehand? Like, No. They, they, so, ended up going to your ankles orthopedic- tight? Well, I went, to, I went to the orthopedic last night, like, so MedExpress said, yeah, we think it's broken, put you in a cast, but we want you to go see an orthopedic. Went to the orthopedic, and he was like, for you to break it in the spot you did, he was like, your foot just had to be in the wrong place at the wrong time with the ball coming in at the right angle. Like, basically, you know, everything had to go in the exact right spot and time for that to happen. Yeah, that that's like the exact same fucking like freak accident that happened to me. Like in high school, I used to play rugby, and mm-hmm. uh, I got injured during a practice actually, which was like the big injury that fucked up my knees. And it was like oh. this fucking weird freak thing where like we were just going into like a scrum, and uh, like I can't. I think somebody like tackled me on the left shoulder, and like my foot was like still planted into the ground when I got tackled. So then my like my top half went backwards, and it like twisted in my knee. And I just heard this like big fucking pop, and it was just, you know, fucking random ass thing that happened. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, you're fucking like MCL, ACL, meniscus, like all this fucking crazy shit is all torn. Yeah, like, that's oh, the cra- great. Like, anytime you plant your foot, you're just asking for trouble, and that's what yeah. I did. Like, I had it outstretched, stretching for the catch, and just at the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's oh. what, like, most, and even in wrestling, too, with these guys, it's like, they're so trained, and they've done these moves, like, hundreds and thousands of fucking times, and these injuries, most of the time, happen on just fucking random spots. Yeah. Well, look at Enzo. Mm-hmm. That, like, great transition, actually, into one of our, our highlights from Raw, was Enzo's promo, when he talked about him getting hurt, and having cast by his side in the hospital. I mean, that injury was just a complete freak accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, who knew getting thrown under the bottom rope would? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it just it kind of fucked my. It it worked out very well actually, like for the storyline if they had capitalized on it. But then that was like they sort of didn't. For some reason, I'm trying to even remember. Like they just kind of dropped some of that because like Enzo came back. He was only gone a couple weeks, right? Yes, that that was when Cass had like the run at the title, basically. He like, right. was in that fatal yeah. four-way, and mm-hmm. he was cutting good promos at the time. Yeah, and then they just fucking like didn't do really anything with the vaude villains, and then they didn't do anything really with the club, and they just mm-hmm. kind of kept never pulling the trigger with these guys, and so then they eventually you know broke them up because like I do think that the breakup is being done actually very very well. Oh, they it, did the segment this past week. I I loved. Yeah, it, like, fucking Enzo, it was so fucking heartfelt, dude, like, the idea of him just refusing to break up, like, what was he saying, uh, we're brothers, and that's yeah. a bond I refuse to let you break, 
Yeah. He and was like, it's like, he, at least, you know, we have to stay brothers until we get the tag titles, like something. We have to realize our dream. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's what it was. It was like, this isn't just a friendship. This is a brotherhood. Right. And you don't just throw that away and all this stuff. And so you could you could believe for that, like, split second of disbelief, which shows that when it's a good angle, that's what happens mm-hmm. to you. That split second, you believe, like, oh, yeah, they might just, like, say, oh, Cass just had a bad day or something like that. But then... <laughs> When they, they went fucking up to play the song, <laughs> you had a bad day. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be fucking so terrible. Like, instead of even playing their theme music, they just play that over the fucking speakers in this. <laughs> the crowd would just leave at that point. If yeah, everybody's like, boo, fuck this shit. <laughs> but yeah, instead you had, like, the build up to the top of the ramp, picks Enzo's up, Enzo up and just drops him. It was great. And this is all after two of them running through the catchphrases one more time. Mm-hmm. Like... Even it though was I think the, it was like the farewell most of the guys, it. I think we kind of knew Cass is still going to turn on him, but like it was, if you weren't in the know, it like it kind of seemed like a genuine reunion. Yeah, but yeah, and, and then I, like I, him turning on him, to, it made sense too. But like part of the story of him like testing Enzo's stupidity, as it were. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a smart way to do it, right? Because you you always have that the breakup where it just like the guy turns on him. The one week and the following week, it's just like, yeah, we're definitely broken up. There's no question about it. This, I, I like that they questioned it. Right, and that it was it was so strong that Enzo was saying that it's like, hey, I understand that this is bullshit, but like, I'm willing to forgive you if you come out here and like apologize and talk to me. Like, yeah, and he, uh, Enzo admitting his own faults. Mm-hmm. He like said, yeah, I I did run my mouth, but that's because I knew I had you had I knew that you had my back. Right. Yeah, so I, th- I think it was really well done, and I, I'm, yeah, I assume we'll get a singles feud or a singles match out of these guys at some point. Um, maybe as yeah. soon as Great Balls of Fire. Maybe I also just think it should be one match and done. Yeah, I could because I think it, the way that I envision it, maybe they'll do it this way: is that they would do Enzo and Cass at Great Balls of Fire, and then you have Enzo uh, in the corner of Big Show against Big Cass at SummerSlam. Right, because you can't have Enzo go up against Cass twice. Right, and I think that at Great Balls of Fire, like if they were to go for a matchup, you would hopefully maybe get let Enzo get a few hope spots in, but then you know Cass obviously crushes him and then is fucking him yeah. up after the match, and then maybe that's when Big Show comes in. Yeah, be like, hey, what the fuck? Like you already beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, but you would still need. The, the only critique I'll make of this angle so far is mm-hmm. the accusation of Enzo against Big Show last week. Is because so that caused like slight tension between Enzo and Big Show. I would have rather have that not happen for it to make a little more sense for Big Show to come back in and be like, I'm defending my friend. Mm. Yeah. But I think they could still do it and it would go fine. Yeah. Uh, back to the beginning of Raw, though. I think Strowman now has to always come out in an ambulance, right? <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome in a way. Although I guess it'd be too close to uh, Cesaro's entrance, right? With the yeah, or ambulance. Scott Steiner. Or Scott Steiner. One of the siren entrances. <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoyed that segment. I like the uh, swerve, so to speak, of the, the ambulance coming out, Reigns looking in it, but then Strowman attacking him uh, from the side. Yeah, I, I like that, uh, I mean, at least a little bit more. Some of these guys are doing 
um, just like really brutal fucking spots. Yeah. Like, well, you had you had two in this segment. You had Strowman pick up Reigns and throw him from the ground onto the stage, mm-hmm. and then when Reigns goes for the Superman punch, have him counter it and slams him into the side of the ambulance. Yeah, from it's the like, thing. <laughs> it's it's really fucking brutal. Like I don't know what it is about these two against each other in particular, but they have some extremely good chemistry. Yes. And I think we're going to get some good matches out of these guys for hopefully years to come. Like they The just... chemistry comes from them seeing Italy uh, tours together. <laughs> that could be. They had a really great time at like a Roman bath or something. <laughs> like forever. We're brothers forever, man. Bro! <laughs> Bro! Bro! I ain't finished with you yet. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I fucking like it, dude. Um, yes. And I would I really love to see it, especially one day. You know what? Maybe they wouldn't even have to do this because I think it's just about both these guys being fucking intense as fuck and just mm-hmm. brutal and strong. And that's fine. But I, I, I would like to see Reigns in full heel mode in this feud someday. Yeah. And. But he seems to be, he's, he's tiptoeing closer. Yeah. Because he, uh. Well, you also had a, just a nice... I don't know if this is heel or face. I guess I'll, I'll get your opinion on it. I like the line of uh, him kind of putting over Samoa Joe, right? At the beginning there with his promo. Where he's like, he got me in the coquina clutch and took me out. Like, I went to sleep and then Strowman came in. So I thought that was just a nice, like, tip of the hat to Joe. Yeah, and he, he called him Samoa Joe. Yeah, Samoa. <laughs> Samoa Joe. Uh, yeah, so... Definitely liked the that segment all together with Reigns and Strowman. Well, it's 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 at least, at least refreshing to see that if Reigns is going to stay a face, they're figuring out at least a little bit closer how to present him as basically just being like a minimal talking, uh, just kind of a badass. Yeah, put like, him into fights. Yeah, that's kind of what he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if you're, at least if you're going to keep him face, at least that's closer to what he's supposed to be. Exactly. Uh, another, what else did we get? Another segment I enjoyed was the uh, Gold Dust R Truth. Yeah, what do, what do you think of the uh, whole Gold Dust with the personal camera band? Love it, bit. love it. It's it's so going that it's a callback to his original character, and it's great. The only my only critique for it is that I I would like the cameraman to be like into it instead of mm. being like reluctant and kind of hesitant, be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing and this is weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it I would be like, like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it should be like Goldust hired this guy, right? So he should mm-hmm. be like all for it. like Right. Like I would like, maybe even they could be in some sort of a body paint or like a body suit or just, you know, the way that they're acting at least would be if they're really into it and like slithering around in the ring with him. Yeah. Or even just like a mask, like a Goldust mask. Oh yeah, exactly. They could do a Goldust mask. Yeah. And why aren't they not like live streaming it up onto the screen like they do with Tyler Breeze's thing? Yeah, right. Like that was the, that was an, one thing I thought of. Um, Unless maybe he's going to address that in a promo and be like, it's not for you, it's for me. Mm. Like, <laughs> I tape it for me. <laughs> or, oh, he could he could really go heel and be like, I'm taping it for, like, the Hollywood elites. Like, we're going to have this great big premiere and no one, none of you, like, third world people will be able to say it. It's only for us in the upper right. class. Here, 
that would be interesting. Here's here's my pitch because like you could take those guys and maybe you can even have like a few fake weird. Well, you know what? No, I take it back. I would like to, for it just to be Gold Dust. So next mm-hmm. week he comes out, comes out with the cameraman, and then he tells like someone in the back is like, all right, now roll the footage from last week, and then they play the footage from the gold camera of like him beating down our truth and stuff. And then meanwhile in the ring, he's like tweaking his nipples and like touching himself and like rubbing oil on his chest, like just getting really yeah. gross with it as gross yeah. as they, that let, yeah, they'll let him. Yeah. Getting off on like the, exactly. The beat down. That would be good. That People would, and that, that would, that was the, that was what the old original character was like. Mm-hmm was pushing the line and he definitely hasn't done that in a while so that's what i would like to see i think that would be pushing the line enough to be like gross and people wouldn't like it mm-hmm. and it would be it'd be great now again in this generation because like people are supposed to be more accepting of it so like pointing out mm-hmm. that people are grossed out by it and things like that would yeah. just be perfect Oh, especially too. If, so then, if like if he's doing this and our truth comes out to try and be like, "Hey, what the fuck is this shit? Stop playing this!" and then he beats our truth down and like, our, like handcuffs him shirtless, like rips his shirt open, like to the ring post, and then like keeps touching himself like right in front of our truth's face. <laughs> that would be so gross. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be such good heel heat. <laughs> people, would, yeah, people would boo the thing, shit out of that. I think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, do it, WWE. I feel like. All right, I feel like on some level they kind of listen, right, to us. Yeah, I mean it's obviously a delusional lie, but they listen. It's no, they a, listen. Definitely listen. They definitely listen, because uh, we were we com- we uh, last week's episode was called uh, patronizing women's wrestling. <laughs> after our rant about women's money in the bank, and yes. lo and behold, this week, every single fucking WWE run show with women on it that wrestle. Um, was main evented by women. Yep. In matches, not even segments, matches. Big matches too, not just like one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Which was your favorite of the three? Mm. I think I got to go with Asuka and Nikki Cross. Ooh. Yeah, I, I might have to agree with you because that was really damn good. Ooh. With the raw gauntlet coming in a close second. Mm-hmm. That's but, fair. Uh, yeah, not, that not, yeah, go and ahead. not this is not shooting on the SmackDown women's money in the bank match again. Like mm-hmm. if they were three good matches. Yeah, these were all good matches. I'd say they're yeah. all like A quality of some kind. Yes. Um just that I just happened to like the Nikki Cross and Asuka build up just a little bit more than the other two. Well, that, that had a lot longer story, and that's a one-on-one match. And I feel like mm-hmm. a one-on-one match is always a little bit better than mm-hmm. a multi-man match as far as, like, really... Emotionally. Kind of, yeah, exactly. The emotional impact. Yeah. The story. And the fact that they had that little segment, like, ahead of time of Nikki trying to attack her and things like that. Right. And the, the fact that they'd even been building to that, too. It wasn't like they just threw that in last minute. Like, she's been doing mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff for months. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of her character and part of this feud. She's constantly like muttering Asuka under her breath. Like she's just obsessed with tracking down and fucking killing her. <laughs> and this match is should we just fucking talk about the match? Cause this is a great match. Nikki and Asuka? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh yeah, so fantastic. Like like I mentioned, we had uh an earlier in the night segment 
where Asuka's pulling up in her car and Nikki tries to attack through like the the sunroof at first, right? She like lands on top of the car. Yeah, I think so. And, and then <laughs> is trying to get in. Security ends up taking her away, and Asuka's all pissed off and run like runs away from the car. Uh, and then you get the match itself, which just like it included everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> it's really they did because they did like fucking multiple like power bombs and spots like that into piles of chairs. Yeah, they ladders, did, like, ladders and chairs like. Or ladders and tables. The, the finishing the spot was the fucking suplex through the announce table off of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so, great match. Go out of your way to, to watch that one. And then ended so perfectly, too, with Asuka barely getting up at the count of nine to mm-hmm. get the ten count of the, the last woman standing. But then you had Nikki Cross sitting there smiling as the trainers are coming over and, like, tending to her. And she's, like, just laying there smiling. And then fucking Asuka was smiling, too, with the title. Yeah. So, like, they're both fucking, like, laughing and smiling afterwards. Yeah. They're both and these just... fucking crazy bitches. <laughs> Very, like, uh, creepy-level smiling. <laughs> I think this would be an interesting thing to revisit later on. Like, uh... Like, maybe as a thing still on NXT, like, if uh, after Asuka, like, drops the title, presumably to Ember Moon, maybe she could have another match with Nikki Cross and just, like, another, like, hardcore-type match. Just, like, really yeah, depending on how like that. Uh-huh. Depending on how they book her and Ember, I mean, I think Asuka's lasting legacy is gonna be this Nikki Cross stuff. Hmm. I could see that, because, yeah, the, like, outside of this, so far, the biggest matches have been with Bailey. Yeah. Because a lot of her reign was just kind of like the silent in the background. She's the unbeatable. Like every once in a while somebody would fight her and then lose. Mm-hmm. While everybody else is kind of building up with each other. Yeah. She was that. She was the weird transition, right? It was like. Yeah, she was a Charlotte, very long Becca. transitional champion. Yeah. Uh, because you had Charlotte and Becky and Sasha all leave, leaving Bailey down there. Mm-hmm. But then Bailey was injured for a while. So you had um, Asuka kind of take over the reins, Bailey return, do their, like, it was a very, fairly quick feud between them, because then Bailey's up on the main roster, and so it's kind of left up to Asuka to bring up these other women, and I think you can definitely say, like, Ember, I think, will get there in a little bit, but Nikki, she's definitely raised to another level now. Absolutely. Like, Nikki has come a lot... Like, she was already pretty good coming in as far as just, like, somebody coming into the company. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's really stepped into her self a lot more, like, as far as learning what she is in this character and then translating that in the ring. Because, like, her offense is not just good wrestling offense. It's good character-based mm-hmm. wrestling offense. Yeah, it's not that... She's not crisp in the ring, but that's because her character is crazy and... uh yeah, she's gonna grab manic. you and like, yeah, exactly, manic. Like it's it's so quick and just trying to go for the quickest thing that's gonna hurt you. Like, you know, grabbing you, like just jam your face into the ropes and like drag you along there. And there was like the fucking um, which move did she catch her on the apron with? That was really good. It was like a some sort of splash, I think. Yeah. Or a suplex, she, or maybe yeah. both. She might have hit her with more than one match or one more than one move on the apron, but those were really good too. Like she's really nailing it, I think. Definitely. 
Uh, and it's nice to see her, like, kind of break away a little bit from uh, Sanity. Like, she right. was able to do all this without Eric Young or any of the other guys. Right, that she can stand on her own. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of weird at this point. Isn't she actually probably the biggest success story out of that Sanity group? She is, definitely. It's like she's like the next Alexa Bliss because she was Which, the, <laughs> the one that broke away out of that fucking uh, little trio. Yeah, and uh, you would think that like so when the first group when they first debuted, you would think Eric Young. Then it was kind of more on uh, Killian Dane. And I think I think Killian Dane will still end up breaking away here. Yeah, but then I think Nikki kind of came out of nowhere recently. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, with Ember being injured. Like, somebody needed to step into that spot, and Nikki stepped the fuck up mm-hmm. in spades. So, she's been doing great. Yeah. Uh, another woman that I think stepped up was Nia Jax in this gauntlet match. What? Wait, what did you just say, Joe? Another woman that stepped up in this match? Was was, this? Was, a, was who? Nia Jax. So, you think that Nia Jax stepped the fuck up? I thought she did. I liked her in the gauntlet match. Man, I, I would like to play this back to yourself in the past when you were like totally anti-Nia Jax, like, fuck this bitch, get her off my TV, I never want to see her, she's never going to be good. I, I think it, I don't know if I didn't, I don't know if I said she was never going to be good, <laughs> but I, I think I do remember saying get her off my TV. <laughs> and look at how much she's grown. She has. She was great in this match. She was the perfect foil for Sasha Banks. She looked like a fucking killer in this match. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, the finish was so good with her and Sasha. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it was unfortunate that they had to kind of, like, poop on Emma to get there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we have that lasting sequence with Sasha and Nia. They had some really great chemistry. Holy shit. Like, you, they really told the story of, like, Sasha having to step up her game to take down this giant. Mm-hmm. And I think this would be a really great match to watch again at some point with Sasha being a heel. Mm-hmm. And, like, see the turn, so to speak, or? Well, and just, because that's the, basically the way that she has to fight the match is essentially to act like a heel. Yeah. Like, trick her, you know, uh, get leverage on her by, like, making her run to a pole like, trip her into the ropes, like, that sort of shit is what she has to do. Which, you know, if you have the right charisma, which it's just Sasha does, I think, in my opinion, does not have as a face. Not to pull off, like, Definitely Eddie Guerrero can pull off that sort of shit, but, but exactly, as a heel, she is really great. And Naya, I think, in this match really did show that she can uh, get the crowd behind her as a face. Mm-hmm. I think it can happen. Especially against um, probably Sasha there, but definitely at least Alexa Bliss. There seems to be some good uh, chemistry there. Yeah, I like how they keep teasing that, but mm-hmm. uh, not like not giving into it yet. I'm like, yes, long term booking. Yeah, it, it is refreshing to see that, isn't it? Yeah, that they're trying something a little longer there with her. And I guess we'll see. Uh, what do you think they're going to be doing here with Bailey? Are they going to try and like rehab her a little bit as like another side project? It looks like it, right? I mean, they gave her good offense against Nia. I mean, the the two biggest um, challenges to Nia were Bailey and Sasha in this match, right? With a little bit of Mickey James. Mm-hmm. See, I'm wondering if if their idea is that yeah, while Nia is basically 
going to be trying to bite at the heels and getting into Alexa Bliss. Maybe Bailey's going to start trying to rebuild through the rest of the division, like you know, do a little bit of matches with Dana Brooke and Emma. Yeah. And uh, maybe Mickey James, too. Like I think that. she should definitely do a match with Mickey James. Get it, get her against a veteran. Like, mm-hmm. I could totally who see could, that. Who could teach her something? That would be interesting. I would like to see Bailey versus Mickey James. Mm-hmm. And, and it wouldn't even necessarily have to be like Mickey James turns heel. It could be kind of like a face versus face, but she's trying to teach her. Be like, look, you know, I saw you know your progression coming up through NXT, and then you came to the main roster, and you got to the title, but like, look, obviously you still have shit you need to improve on and change as a wrestler because you yeah. lost the title. You need to make it to that next level. Right, and I want to help you get to that next level. Like, I see the star in you. I would like to see that. That would be a cool kind of face-versus-face dynamic. And if they mm. wanted to do the whole somebody has to turn heel for some fucking reason, then, I don't know, like, Maybe then Bailey does beat her, and then Mickey James is like mad at her for some stupid reasons. Like I didn't want you to actually beat me. I just, <laughs> I just wanted you to get better. God. Or like I wanted to build you up so that I could beat you down or something like that. Like I, I don't know, some sort of stupid shit. Who <laughs> fucking knows? Or like it's like oh what because you beat me you think you're better than me now? It was like I didn't say that. Like you totally said it. <laughs> I, I heard it in my head. <laughs> The voices told me so. <laughs> Randy Orton's uh, voices told me. <laughs> so there was one really bad segment on Raw, though, and it involved the Ball family. Jesus Christ, this was terrible. Oh, dear God. <laughs> and then the youngest son dropping the N-bomb twice. I didn't even fucking notice that. Maybe they cut that out of the Hulu version. That's probably oh, why. they probably did. He <laughs> so when Ambrose comes out twice with his the he he wasn't talking directly into the mic. The mic just still picked it up. Yeah, he said the N word twice. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I did like Ambrose's stupid little fucking line to try and break the tension of a I like free T shirts. Yes, <laughs> it's like man, he's just trying anything to defuse this bullshit right now. <laughs> And then he connected it to the with the big baller brand. He connected it to Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would love to see like the whole backstage reaction to what's happening. Like after they send these guys out, and then Vince is probably watching the screen. It's like, all right, you know, we'll we'll see what's gonna do. Like Miz, yeah, talk to him. And then all of a sudden, things start to get out. He's like, fuck, fuck, <laughs> Ambrose, go out there, stop this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fix this or you're fired. <laughs> I would love to see that whole reaction and progression of events. Like, yeah. Well, how like how do you think you feel as like if you were in Ambrose's shoes of watching that segment go down while you're backstage, and then you have to come out into it? I'd be trying to find the silver lining of being like, man, at least I'm not Miz, who, <laughs> who let this shit get out of hand. Yeah. At I least, mean, I... at least I'm the guy sent up to clean up Miz's mess. <laughs> Like, oh, God. I'm not the one that but, has to But, like, like deal. you know, I'm in the second shittiest position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, woof. Yeah, that was, uh, that was bad. Yeah. But uh, to end on a good note of Raw, the Joe Lesnar feud. How fucking good is this so far? 
Joe looked mighty good choking that big old Lesnar there, and Lesnar actually fucking sold it for him. Well, it, Heyman has always said in interviews, Lesnar will sell for you if you bring it to him. And that's why I've always loved that Samoa Joe is the perfect opponent for him. Well, because Samoa Joe is a fucking legitimate badass. Like, badass. <laughs> you know what? And I, part of the way, at least in my opinion, that you can tell guys who are legit fucking badasses who will fuck your shit up is they ne- they don't try to prove to you that they're a badass. They're just fucking going about their life, going about their business, because they know that if anybody fucks with them, they're going to fuck them up. So they don't have to try and prove to anybody anything because they're not trying to intimidate anybody out of a fight. So they're just, yeah. you know. And then when somebody fucks with you, it's like, all right, well, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and and man, now he brought it to I'm me. Gonna bring, I'm going to bring it to you full force now. I'm trying to remember. There was a, I think it was some sort of, it might have been a Samoa Joe documentary, but it might have just been like a general like TNA one from a long ass time ago. And mm-hmm. Samoa Joe was talking about some story of like him being in a city and he saw some guy like snatch a woman's purse and he just like instinctively immediately chased after the guy took him the fuck down and just started like pummeling on him you know fucking got the purse back gave it back to the woman but this guy was just like fucked up afterwards and he's like yeah you know just that's how you know it's just that's fine like that's just how i react to things and it's like <laughs> yeah this this guy isn't fucking around yeah exactly uh but like just both segments, like him with Heyman and then him with uh, Lesnar, was so perfect. Like him with Heyman, we just like telling him he's like shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> he's judging him as he's almost joking him out. <laughs> oh man, I I still don't think it's really gonna happen, but I'm just I I keep hoping now because they're getting so much closer that it's like man, what if they. What if they at least let Samoa Joe get like a like a disqualification win or something? Like something to really help put him over even more and like continue the feud. Maybe even like let him get a shot at SummerSlam too. What if he fucking won at SummerSlam? What if he fucking I, just it, won at Great Balls of Fire? It's it's likely and it's more and more likely, right? With all of this stuff? Or do you feel like it, he's getting so much advantage that yeah, he's he's gonna lose. Uh, especially with the, there's so many goddamn matches they're putting on this card as it is. You've already got um, all right. You've got Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns in the ambulance match, which I think is you know kind of that unofficial like this is the next guy fighting Lesnar match. Like whoever wins this fights Lesnar next. Mm-hmm. Which unfortunately I think at this point might actually be Reigns. Weirdly enough. Um, but anyway, so we got that. You've got um, Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. You've got, uh, let's see, Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus. You've got Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. You've got probably another women's match, maybe something involving Bailey or Nia Jax. You've got uh, Kira Tozawa versus Neville. You've got uh, probably Finn Balor versus Elias Sampson. <laughs> Oh jeez. Let's see, and then you've got probably got like Cass versus Enzo. Yeah. So the only announced ones are Lesnar, Joe, Rain Strowman, Neville Tozawa, Bliss versus Banks, and Wyatt versus Rollins. Mm-hmm. So 
thinking about Rollins right now because he seems to just kind of be in this feud with Wyatt as like just something for him to do, and I, I'd like mm-hmm. somebody for him to beat to kind of promote the video game. What like what is Rollins's direction at this point? Like who should he be feuding with? Like what the what's going on with Rollins? I don't know. <laughs> I I can't I can't describe it anymore. It just he's very much in a holding pattern of. Being in a Wyatt feud, which is not good for guys. Because, like, yeah, it's, you put it perfectly with he's in the holding pattern because he came off of the big win off of Triple H, which was clearly supposed to be a very big win and a big setup for something. And that next something has got to be the world title, right? But, or at least, you know, that would be the next sort of thing to go for. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's on the wrong show because Lesnar has the title. And... I, they don't see him as a guy who can beat Lesnar. Yeah, no, he's never beat him directly. He's only beat him indirectly. And I, because I feel like, did like, did you ever think that Seth Rollins was going to be the guy that could beat Lesnar? No, I don't either. And that's you know part of the way that they booked him. I feel like so. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they, they've kind of got themselves in this weird spot where it's like, well, we he's good enough to beat Triple H, but we won't let him beat Brock Lesnar. So he just has to hover at the top spot, but not the top spot. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. Well, it, it's it's a way to kill off a babyface's momentum real good. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. Poopy stuff. Poopy stuff. Yeah. But we'll see. They, they, might, they might catch on and do something about it. Um, Hopefully. Or not. They might just let Wyatt be the vacuum that he is and just kill this whole thing off. Jesus. Uh, what do you think about Tazawa's chances, though, with the cruiserweights? Apparently I think he's it's signed high. to the Titus brand now. Yes, he's signed to the Titus brand. And he had a good segment on... Uh, it was 205 Live was the segment with him and Neville, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, great, I, they have a I, great promo on two oh five live against Tozawa. Yeah, and they gave Tozawa just the chance to just do his uh uh oh gimmick. Like <laughs> I what do you think about him actually signing with the Titus brand? Because I I feel like I actually don't like that he's like I liked that Titus brand was still trying to get him. But I don't know if I like that he's just with them. He doesn't really fit, right? Like that—that's what the funny part about them trying to sign him was that it's like, oh, it's Titus trying to get with Tozawa, but that doesn't really make sense. But it's funny because, <laughs> well, it, I think the problem was that it's like because Titus O'Neil right now is ba- is like a heel, mm-hmm. like we like to boo him because he's annoying and stuff like that, and he's just kind of like a weird dude. But Tozawa's a fucking babyface, so why are you pairing this? heel manager with this babyface guy like aren't you sending a mixed signal then i don't know that's just my thing yeah yeah you're right as to like part of why i don't think it's a good fit no but i mean it got him a title match so (laughs) yeah so far sure whatever the fuck you know whatever (laughs) Who the fuck is in charge of 205 Live? Is it Kurt Angle? Does Kurt Angle make no. the matches? It, it's Does... an invisible person. It's the it's the anonymous Raw GM. <laughs> the anonymous 205 Live GM? Yeah. 
Well, at least that guy let uh, Kendrick come out and fucking make fun of Gallagher. Yeah, that was a good segment. I thought that was a pretty decent segment. Um, and I thought, like, and, Gulak turning the loss to Ali, like, he's spinning it pretty well. Yes, and I love the that he... <laughs> he's, like, all shaky on the top rope attempting to do, like, the crossbody. Oh, I hated that. I hated that. Really? So, well, because now, like, his whole character is like, oh, well, he hates high flying because he can't do it instead of like oh well maybe he just has a legitimate point and is a jackass about it i think it i think it's a great heel thing it's well because that... now he's just a little fucking bitch coward instead of being like a, a crazed idealist like i liked that it's like well he has a point but he just takes it too far and he's a psycho about it instead of him being like oh well he's just a bitch and is trying to justify his bitchness <laughs> by trying to get rid of everybody who's better than him in one way. I, I love just... how you just always hate the coward heels. It's well, because funny. there's too damn many. Every fucking heel <laughs> in WWE is a coward. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> can any heel not be a coward, please? I mean, they, they shouldn't all be cowards. Even Braun Strowman is a little bitch sometimes. <laughs> he, when he just walks away from the Undertaker? <laughs> Well, he, he fucking ran away from Roman Reigns after he murdered the fuck out of him at Extreme Rules because he smacked his arm with the ambulance door. Like, fuck this shit. Ugh. Ugh. But yeah, nah, I, I kind of enjoyed it, so. I just... Like... Alright, whatever. Move on. You want to move on to Alicia Fox? I know that. No. <laughs> Just Fuck a tip to everybody: if, if you're gonna date Alicia Fox, get the highest data plan that you can. I, you know what? I am the purge is coming. I think with this, <laughs> with the May Young Classic and the women that are gonna be coming in, I think Alicia Fox. I think Summer Rae. Uh, I think they're gonna be fucking hitting bricks. They're gonna be gone. Those dead weight bitches. They don't need them anymore. Well, Summer Rae hasn't even been used in God knows how honestly, long. Honestly, they should fucking get rid of Tamina, too, but they won't because she's a snooker. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tamina, though, SmackDown. Wait, did we go through the gauntlet match? Oh, wait, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Okay. I just forgot. <laughs> I was so jazzed back because Nia looked so damn good in that match. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so SmackDown. Uh, we had the nice opening segment where uh, Carmella basically cut the same promo, but then we had the addition of Ellsworth not only being banned from ringside, but being banned from the building, which was oh. always just the... How hint, awesome was that when he was like trying to run away from the security oh, guys, God, the too? Security guards. <laughs> they like, tried to jump like, the rail. <laughs> and he like, just went stomach first into the barricade. <laughs> Ellsworth is uh, awesome, man. He's so good. I just the four of them like completely carrying him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, that was perfect. Uh, but yeah, basically foreshadowing that he was gonna play a role in the match later, which he did, and they did the spot that I thought they should have done in the first place. Yep, exactly. They were listening. They were like, "All right, you know what? That was a good idea for the rematch." Yeah. Joe had a good idea about the crouching on the rope. Let's crouch him on the rope. <laughs> uh, and then what do you think of? Carmella coming out of it with the briefcase again. Anything other than that would have been the wrong decision. So right. thank God yeah. they let Carmella keep it. Because that would have just 
I killed her character dead if they had fucking given it to her and taken it away, and that was just it. Yeah. Uh, so thank God that she has it. And now they have the the shot that they can use in the video packages for her standing on top of the ladder. And you know what? Now she can go around calling herself uh, like like two time Miss Money in the Bank. Well, she did already. I think on Talking Smack. Oh, okay. I missed Talking Smack this week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She came on and she was like the first two time Women's Money in the Bank win- <laughs> match winner. Nice. Yep. Good. So they they listened. They went into the future. Listen, do you say that? <laughs> Back in time and wrote it. All right, good. We got to make sure it's in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I I also think out of this, you're also gonna you might get a Becky heel turn. Hmm. Because she was pretty pissed after that match. Yeah, that could be. I would mm-hmm. like to, it, even if it's not right now. At some point, I would definitely like to see Becky Lynch turn heel for a little while. I think they're hinting towards it. Because mm. you have the frustration over the Ellsworth interference two matches in a row now. And it was her that got screwed out of it both times. Yeah. I just, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's not the right time because Charlotte needs to turn heel again. Because Charlotte's a fucking heel. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. What is this? Um uh, and then, like, past that, then you've got, uh, like, Carmella as a heel. You've got Natalia as a heel right now. Although Natalia could probably stand to turn face again at some point. I feel like Natalia's always been a little better as a face. Like, she's still mm-hmm. kind of like a mid-carder because she's just not very charismatic. Yeah, she, does, she doesn't have the full charisma of the heart family. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like she's always been a little better as a face because she can just play off of being a good technician. Because she is mm-hmm. a good technical wrestler. She's pretty good. So. Oh, yeah. She's one of the best on the roster out of the women. Um, where was I going with all that? I don't know. Uh, women. I think I, f- that I feel like Becky Lynch maybe shouldn't turn heel right away. But I would definitely like yeah. to see it at some point. But if she does, well, all right, cool. Let's see it. Because I would like to see her be kind of wild. Maybe. All right. Here's. Can I break down a little bit of a theory for you? Sure. I think that most wrestlers, like most characters need to turn heel to really find a lot more of like their character and their flavor of what makes them really truly interesting because it's like you know especially a lot of people that come in baby face and they try to be so crowd pleasing that they end up being so vanilla and it's like oh well you're not that interesting you're obviously just trying to pander to the crowd but then when you're heel you don't give a fuck about the crowd you're just trying to do what you want to do and basically, you know, for some heels, eventually you get to a spot where you're doing something that's so cool and so interesting that eventually it gets over in of itself. And then you turn face and that's when you get like the real genuine pop is when you're coming out and you're doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. So I think for a lot of these guys, like there's that kind of like necessary heel turn to find that personality, that personality element. Like when something's not working, you need to turn heel so you can experiment and find the thing that you need, and then you can come back out of it. And maybe that's what Becky Lynch needs to do. Like, maybe she needs to turn heel for a little bit. Yeah, just to change it up, right? Yeah, I think I think maybe get a little more, like, savage and just wild in the ring, like, a little more aggressive. Like, if she's doing the whole straight fire thing and all that shit. Go all Celtic warrior on everybody that's. Maybe come out with some fucking, like, war paint and shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah, and I think she could pull it off. Uh, we also had a slight change in plans of what we predicted would happen. 
the Hype Bros ended up losing to the Usos straight up. So what do you think happens with these guys? Hmm. It's hard to say because we didn't really get a whole lot of uh, anything from them after the match. Like, they didn't have any dissension. They didn't have, like, a whole lot of a moment. No, they were definitely back burner. Like... I think part of the reason they did this was just to help keep the Usos looking strong. Like, they did this to further the Usos and New Day feud. Mm -hmm. Because the Hype Bros, like, I think they could decide to heat them back up if they wanted to. But right now, they didn't need to give them that win. Yeah. And they they can kind of have them do another tag team storyline. They can do something against, like, you, the Ascension, the Colognes, like, something real quick. Hmm. I'm trying to think of who would be some good opponents to kind of do some of that storyline of maybe them teasing dissension and then eventually breaking up. American Alpha, if they pull them out. That could be. They could do kind of like an American Alpha. Like, you know, just like a feud. Because, like, they they probably would have to lose this feud. Yeah. So then American Alpha could stand to win a feud coming back out of not wrestling that much. Wrestling as singles. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that'd be fine. But then, all right, so here's my other question with with the tag division, because we have to answer this. Who Mm. uh, ransacked the Fashion Police headquarters? Gotta be a debuting new team, right? I think so at this point. Because American Alpha at this point wouldn't make sense after Chad Gable came back. Yeah. That'd be really weird. It also, they describe them as two big guys, right, that were identical. Mm-hmm. So definitely couldn't be American Alpha, very two different size guys. Right. Hmm, who the fuck would this be? So, like, do you presume this might be an NXT tag team? I think it might be our NXT tag team champions. Oh, fuck. You think they would debut them on the main roster that quick? I don't think they should, but I think they might be. That would be pretty fucking crazy. Authors of unless they pull, unless they pull some other tag team that they signed off the indie scene out of nowhere. But I can't think of any famous tag teams that fit that description. Well, they're not big, but they look the same. Um, I think it's clearly the Young Bucks. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you imagine? No, definitely not the Young Bucks. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting little mystery. Yeah. One that I hope we figure out soon because uh, there, I guess there really aren't that many people they can tease anymore. And I love having no, a, I mean, these fashion police segments. The the Ascension the Ascension were really good, though, in that segment, I have to say. <laughs> Fucking taking the tickets at the end? Yes. That was hilarious. And the cheese? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I laughed out loud at that. Who the uh, fuck is it? Oh, well, you know what? Unless it's a, uh, unless they're deciding to make uh, heavy machinery debut as heels, because they're both big guys. Yeah, very possible. Or um, those fucking uh, twin brother dudes. What's the, what the fuck is their last name? They come out with that, that weird like angelic music. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't. I'm blanking on the name. Ely, the Ely twins. Yes. Is that it? Yeah, the Ely brothers. Yeah. The Ely brothers. Maybe it's yeah. them. Maybe those big Possibly. goofs are just, for some reason, coming up to the main roster already. Oh my god, could you imagine them? 
haven't really fucked <laughs> Sorry, up. Authors of Pain. We're, we're going to go with these. <laughs> oh, woof. Uh, but, uh, so back to Hype Brothers Lose. Uh, so we have New Day come out and verbally challenge the Usos. And we got a reference to what possibly could be from the raw flub of uh, LaMelo Ball saying the N-word, which was Biggie referencing the Booker T promo of Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, mm-hmm. you know what? With oh, probably. Usos, we coming for you. <laughs> or he's like, or we, we're coming for you. And then I think it was like Kofi stepped in. He's like, Usos, Usos, that's what he's going to say. <laughs> coming for you, Usos. So, yeah. Uh, so I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, and finally, last thing I have from SmackDown is we're bringing back a classic match for the next match between uh, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton, the Punjabi prison match. I feel like at some point we might have made a joke about like, oh man, now they brought back Jinder. Are they going to do the Punjabi prison match? Yeah, and, and they are. Uh, yeah, they, they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're um, going to do it. But my favorite moment from that segment, though, uh, was Shane McMahon with the reference to Randy going, like, how dare he treat my family that way or something like that. And Shane pointing out, he's like, well, you've done similar tactics, referencing Randy punting the entire McMahon family in the head. (laughs) He was like, dude, do you know who the fuck you are? (laughs) (laughs) And and how you punted me in the head. (laughs) When you're trying to get to my father. Oh my gosh. I f- like, to give him credit though, Orton actually did have, I feel like had some really good fire in his promo. Yes. And it's Shane too. Like, I thought they, mm-hmm. they played really well off each other. Yeah. And then Jinder came out. <laughs> and then Jinder came out. Um, and yeah, and he decided to put this into a Punjabi prison match. Which, alright, so you... clarified the rules. It's, yeah. you have to get out of the first cage... At any of one of the four doors? Yes. And then you get out of the second cage by climbing over top? Yes. And the four doors, so you go over, and they're open for only a certain amount of time. And if you do not escape that door in that time, it's shut and never opened again. Huh. So, theoretically, a Punjabi prison match could just, like, end and nobody wins. Well, they've done the... They get to the fourth door, and they just get out of the nick of time. <laughs> But, like, if they don't. Yeah, like, technically. I mean, don't. obviously, you know, or, who'd be the fucking the, idiot who books themselves into that, but... Yeah. Or they could just do, oh, now that none of the gates are open, you have to climb over both. Mm. That could be. Because that would be a horrible ending. <laughs> oh, nope, they didn't get out of the four gates. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Nobody's the champion yeah, anymore. <laughs> WWE has ended. Uh, actually, Great colleague comes back and gets the championship <laughs> because it's a Punjabi prison. Yeah, there's in the fine print, if nobody wins, Great Kali automatically becomes champion. <laughs> now, do you think we see a like cameo of Great Kali in, oh, now Jesus. that they have the Punjabi? Because well, remember, in storyline, Jinder is uh, Kali's brother-in-law. Who also beat the fuck out of him, but then also <laughs> this week then said that he was his personal hero, so... Uh, you know who the fuck knows at this point hey you can fight with your family right sure (laughs) wwe i guess is ultimate proof of that right 
<laughs> oh man. Uh, you got anything else from SmackDown? Um, well, I mean, uh, who is not looking forward to the rap battle between Usos and New Day next week? And then we've got um, oh, I forgot about that. the uh, Independence Day Battle Royal. Um, oh, right. For the... Do you think there's a chance... I don't know. At this point, I'm thinking Cena has to win this, right? Oh, yeah, because he's returning. No. Oh, yeah, he's returning next week. Yeah, he's returning next week on 4th of July. He's Captain America. Right. He has a show called American Grid. I mean, mm-hmm. and because yeah, Randy Orton's still tied up with gender, so he doesn't need to do that right away. I think Mr. Cena might be. Cause, well, I'm trying to remember. If if you win this, you get a battle shot or a, Jesus, a shot at the title of Battleground, right? Yes, it is the number one contenders match for the United States title. Okay. Mm. Maybe maybe I'm slightly less leaning Cena then. Because before I was thinking, like, I bet Cena would be audacious enough to not only fucking win the uh, Battle Royal, but then challenge Cena, or challenge Kevin Owens the same night. Like, I'm the number one contender, motherfucker, let's go! And then he beats Ginger in the same night, too, so he has both championships. (laughs) Yep, and then he just unites them. I'm the United States WWE Champion. Of the world, motherfucker. Thugonomics. Coming for the universe next. Coming for the universe next. Oh. I got United States, the greatest country in the world. I already got the world. Greatest planet in the universe. Now I got to win the universe. Be- greatest universe in the galaxy. Oh, God. Oh, wait, no. Universe Speaking is of... even bigger. Universe yeah. is uh, way bigger. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes if galaxy he, and then... Then he have to, he'd have to fight then the multiversal champion. Yes. And then the multidimensional... Ooh, shit. Yeah. Multi-dimensional champion. All right, multi-dimensional we're, champion. We're Chris, getting... <laughs> Chris Benoit is the uh, multi-dimensional champion because there's oh, an God. alternate dimension timeline where he didn't kill himself and go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Although, actually, no, there's also an alternate dimension that's even greater than that where um, not only did he survive, but then we get into the future and find Dragon Ball Z technology and bring it back to the past and then fuse Chris Benoit and Daniel Bryan into one being. Oh my god. To create <laughs> Daniel Benoit. <laughs> and he is the multi-dimensional champion. Done. I'm how, done. You like, how you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> uh, I think we pretty much just have. See, a... I I saw where this was going, and then you just you, you just went off. And... <laughs> oh man! You know, what? reach around the back of your skull and just start uh, fingering the hole. <laughs> Ref, my your mind, mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Cena, though. <laughs> Bruce Pitcher's podcast has a great episode on the rise of John Cena. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's all behind the scenes. Like, they go back to, like, when he started and how many times he actually almost got fired. Is this, like, an interview with him? No, no, no. Bruce just, there's no guest on Bruce's show. It's just Bruce going through, because he worked there at the time. And oh, so, okay. Yeah, he was one of the creative guys. So he talks about, like, what they thought of Cena at certain points, like 
mm-hmm. where the rapping gimmick came from, which Bruce argues was not from Stephanie McMahon. He argues that he heard Cena rapping and that uh, they were walking through a hallway. Vince McMahon happened to be walking the other way, and Bruce was like, John, quick, rap to Vince. And apparently Cena came up with this rap off the top of his head that just, like, ripped on Vince's, like, hair, ripped on his suit, like, <laughs> everything. And Vince was like, ah, I love it. <laughs> and that's how Cena's rap gimmick was born. And the Doctor of Thugonomics was born. Damn. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely check that out. I'll have to check that out. Uh, and the last thing I guess to talk about from this week was Lucha Underground stuff, right? Yep. What did you think of the Jeremiah Crane this week? I loved it. I thought he's finally getting used right in a promotion. Dude, he was he was fucking intense. Ambushing Mil Muertes, screaming like she's mine, stalking Katrina yeah. and shit. Woof. I think it's like WWE should watch this and be like, this is what you had. It's like, oh, shit, we let that guy slip through our fingers? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys now that I feel like they've... Well, I don't know. They've got so many guys under contract now that I think, to some extent, like, if a guy doesn't work out in WWE, they're just like, all right, fuck it, whatever, let him go. And then if they're really good, then eventually they'll come back around. For the most part, you know, like, there are obviously guys who just don't want to come back. And I feel like yeah. Crane is in that category, right? Like, he was just kind of like, fuck this shit, I'm done. Yeah, it's him and Cody and... And Morrison. Yeah, Mundo. Morrison. Uh, Mysterio. Uh, Juice Robinson in New Japan. I forget what his name was in NXT. Oh, uh... Um, CJ... Yeah, CJ Parks Parker. or something like that. Parker? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who is super over in Japan right now. <laughs> hmm, good for him. Uh, but yeah, Jeremiah Crane, MVP of Lucha Underground. Uh, yeah, I thought he was really great this week. I thought they also did an excellent job, too, of promoting the whole Mundo and Mysterio match as just mm-hmm. this like, gigantic clash and you know, really building up both of these guys as just a, like a gigantic deal. So, good on them mm-hmm. for really just making this whole thing feel like a really big deal. Yeah. Because then the show is way more interesting. Yes. Um, and yeah, and then we got some other Cueto Cup matches. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul London advancing. Uh, Taya defeating Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. And, and we then... got... Uh, yeah, I guess the last important thing was we got the reveal of a new character. Yes. That uh, So I got this wrong in the bracket because I thought uh, Matanza was going to be the new guy coming into the tournament, but apparently it's actually the Son of Madness yes. who will be fighting Son of Havoc. <laughs> and basically just looks like a bigger, fatter, big like a big, fat Son of Havoc. <laughs> I wonder if it's... It, it can't be the same guy that plays Matanza, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I really didn't get a good look at his like overall size and body, just like in his face. Mm-hmm. He looked a little bit bigger. And he had like a giant ass beard, so I feel like it can't be Matanza because he didn't have a beard. No. And we've seen Matanza this season. Yeah, we saw Matanza this season. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no way. I think this is just. I don't know. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. But um, I'm assuming at some point this might lead to a tag team of some kind. Of some kind. Either that or they're oh just going to be. Oh my god. 
the sons of something. Sons of uh, not anarchy. <laughs> the sons of chaos, like madness, <laughs> havoc. Ooh, yeah. Chaos or something. Who would be their third guy? Because they do the trios there in the maybe Jeremiah Crane or something like that. Yeah, rename him like the son of like, crazy or something. Or like Jeremiah that. Chaos or something like that. Yeah. With Katrina, and then the sons of Havoc and Madness. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, it. so how do you think that match goes? Uh, Havoc versus Madness? I, I, you know what, they're, they're actually okay with having guys that debut lose their matches, so I think that Havoc is going to take it by a hair, but then mm-hmm. Madness is going to, like, beat him up after the match or something like that and take out some revenge. So that then either then Havoc is out of the tournament and whoever he would have fought next would just get a bye. Or that he's going to be like fucked up the next week. Or have Madness will maybe fuck him up next week. Or whenever they're going to have the next match. So that then he yeah, interfere in his... Yeah. Right. Just to kind of take him out of the tournament. That's how I see it going at least. Mm-hmm. But We also got the... Uh, sorry, go ahead. But uh, just to like, like let this be a competitive match. I think these guys will probably at least go like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. That's what I like, that tournament matches and other promotions usually don't get to flush themselves out as much as Lucha on the ground lets them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, anyway, also... even like this uh, Fibora and Paul London match, they actually let have some decent breathing room. Mm-hmm. And I also like that they... Uh... They let storylines happen that are, like, outside the tournament, so to speak. So you have, like, uh, Dante Fox distract Killshot for his match. Yeah, although wasn't that such a fucking WWE finish? <laughs> like, hey, I'm here. Oh, crap, uh, that guy? What? Roll up. Boink. <laughs> now the match is over. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was it for Lucha Underground for me. Yep, that was uh, it. And I think for the most part, pretty much it for this week. Yeah. Unless um, I'm forgetting something. I have everything oh, wait, checked off. I am. Minutes. It's the fan question of the week. And the fan question oh, yeah. of the week is... Let's see. Here we go. Uh, if you had to take two guys on the roster and put them together in a tag team... Who would you pick? Two guys on any roster? I guess like any guys on a WWE roster. Okay. And make them into a tag team. And make them into a tag team. Hmm. Any two guys on a roster. So I guess it would have to be like two guys with that a lot of direction, but then have at least something in common enough to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. What if... Hmm. What if, what if you put an Aiden English in the tag team with somebody? I feel like I was pitching this recently, that he should be in a tag team. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm going to pitch it again. Uh, Aiden English and Elias Sampson. They should be in a tag team together. Oh, like a singing duo? Like, uh, they come out, they basically, like, Aiden English expands Elias Sampson's gimmick like they come out and it's supposed to be like real quiet and they have the 
like the little bar stools in the ring. And then, yeah, Elias Sampson plays the guitar and Aiden sings. And you just, you know, have them be obnoxious, like little artists. And they're, like, drifting around and hipstery and shit. <laughs> and they're kind oh, of just think, like that yeah, lower level I think Aiden could pull off the hipster thing really well. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's my pitch. Um, try to think of a name for them, though. But uh, what, what's your uh, tag team? Hmm. Huh, huh, huh. Who do I want to see in a tag team? Fuck, this is hard. <laughs> who, are, who are some other good options right now? Who are like just some single guys without direction? You got like Ty Dillinger out there. You've got, uh, let's see, Sam oh. Zane. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. So Ty Dillinger is the perfect 10. Uh-huh. Now, the, the other guy has a slight direction, but it, it's not... Something I could see him going far with, uh, Kurt Henning, mm. or Curtis Axel. Okay, sorry, Kurt Henning. Wow, <laughs> I just called him his father's name. Uh, and I would throw them together and be like the new perfects or something like that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, like the perfect ten team or something like that, or the best yeah. and perfect. Okay, that could work. It's kind of like a slightly heelish, cocky, like technical bruisers mm-hmm. or something like that. I think it would bring an interesting dynamic to it because you have the Ty Dillinger who turned it into a face gimmick, whereas Curtis Axel's was more of a heel. So, Or would you or would you do it kind of a, like as a face gimmick and let Curtis Axel be a little more goofy? Yeah, you could let him do that. Because I think he, there is a certain likability to him when he lets himself be goofy. Yeah. So maybe that would be it. Like maybe, oh, maybe even part of the formation of it could be like Ty Dillinger, like having a few matches with, you know, uh, Curtis Axel and be like, man, like I, I know that you're like better than you let on. You need to just, you know, let yourself go and let yourself believe that you can be a perfect ten too. Like you're the son of Mister Perfect. Come on, like something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and have some kind of like goofy play on like all of Mister Perfect's old. Uh skits oh my gosh what if what if ty dillinger is like a curtis axel's life coach and he's trying oh my to <laughs> try to get him on track to be as good as his father was as mr perfect and have them like working on like spitting the gum out and hitting it <laughs> like doing the 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 big basketball shot oh my god yeah exactly you have like a million edit cuts of like him missing the shot and stuff yeah <laughs> And then, like, when they're in the matches, then, like, you know, Curtis Axel can start to get a little, like, you know, maybe he misses a move or something. He starts to get worried, and he looks at Ty, and then Ty just starts doing the 10 at him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I am a 10. <laughs> and then, like, hits the perfect plex out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Then hits the fucking perfect plex for a pin. That'd be awesome. All right, I like it. All right, let's 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 have the feud, too. There you go. We can have Ty Dillinger and Curtis Axel versus yeah. uh, Elias Sampson and Aiden English. <laughs> Wow, times. I pulled that one out of my ass. So <laughs> that's good shit. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah. a fan question of the week: tag two singles guys that should become a tag team. Two great answers. All right, so I think that's gonna do it for this week. Man, this was a this was a good episode. Uh, we'll be coming back to you next week with is great balls. Of- Fire, that's 
that's next Sunday. Yeah, it's not the Sunday of next Sunday. Yeah. So next week we'll be coming back at you with a preview of Great Balls of Fire, along with our usual rundowns. Mm-hmm. Get all the predictions in for the uh, the pay per view of my birthday. Oh yeah, happy early birthday. I hope so. Come on, give it to Samoa Joe. Birthday <laughs> present to me. <laughs> Come on, WWE, it's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, so uh, follow us on our social media, uh, Smack Facebook. Well, Super Smart Smack Brothers. Smack Brothers. <laughs> Twitter at Smart Brothers. <laughs> and uh, Super Smart Brothers at gmail.com. Send in those questions. We've been getting great ones so far. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Yep, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Peace out. <laughs>